As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. The advice and opinions expressed by the host of Autism Live and her guests are meant solely as suggestion and should not be in any way construed as child-specific advice. Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion. Good morning. I was trying to see if I could post it live to my own Facebook in that short, uh, short interim. It didn't work. I, I didn't get it done. I'm trying so hard not to be a Luddite and it's really, uh, it's going to take me a while. In any case, welcome to the live show. We are Autism Live here on the Autism Network. So excited to be here. So excited to be doing this Monday show with you guys live. Hello, loudmouth. I'm a loud mouth too. Let's be loud mouths together. Uh, so thrilled to have you here. Uh, and for all the rest of you who are here, you can write in right now on the chat because we are live. It is Monday. It is the 15th of November, 2021. We're going to be live for the next hour talking about autism from a 360 degree perspective. We welcome all of you here. Our show is meant to provide information and inspiration to that larger autism community, which starts with people who are themselves on the autism spectrum. Of course, uh, they are the beating heart of our community, but then we welcome everyone here who loves those individuals. So we have that beating heart and then everyone who loves them, who surrounds them. And I count myself as part of that. I am the proud mom of a wonderful young man who was diagnosed with autism at the age of two and a half. And he's now about to be 18 and a half and the time flies, right? Uh, and I just want to help to be a part of a world that uh, allows him and everyone else to do what they have. They should always have had the right to do. And sometimes we have to fight for those rights, right? Uh, I love uh, that Loudmouth says, LOL, I came by the name, honestly. Me too. Uh, and they say, but I have a friend who is high functioning autistic. Welcome. What a good friend you are that you're here to check this out and see if it's a good resource for you and for your friend. They say, I helped her at work so that the managers can understand her better. Fantastic. Because employment is what it's all about, right? Um, our dear friend, Joanne Laura always used to say employment is the seat at the table and everybody has a right to the seat at the table. Everybody has the right to a job. And sometimes 
people, uh, you know, neurotypical people uh, will misunderstand something because they just don't know. That's, we call that ignorance, uh, or in the South, they call it ignorant, uh, <laughs> in my mother's South, ignorant. And we just, we would like to stomp out the ignorance uh, and let people know what's up because often people on the autism spectrum are the best workers. So, uh, and more and more places are finding that out. Hey, Shadea is writing in from Jamaica. And I just found out that my four-year-old son was diagnosed with autism. Shadea, I'm so glad that you're here. And I'm so glad that you're here today. We have 10 years worth of videos that you can search. In fact, let's do a little bit of business here. And then I'm, I'm going to talk just to you for a second, Shadea. Um, Because I want you to know that it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Your child's going to be okay. You're going to be okay. There's lots of things to know, lots of things to do that will help you to be okay sooner, faster, and know that you're going to be okay. And let's get you hooked up with those, okay? But first, we want to tell you that we're live right now on a lot of different platforms. We're live on YouTube. We're live on Twitter. We're live on Twitch. We're live on Facebook, we're, we're live every place that we can find to be live. If you can find some other place for us, let us know, because we'd like to be live as many places as we, as we can be, but the deal is we want to be there for viewers for free. We don't want you to have to pay a subscription. We've been doing that for over 10 years now, and we're, we keep on chugging, right? We also are a podcast, so you can find our previous podcasts about everything under the sun. Uh, pretty much anywhere you can get uh, a free download of a podcast, you can find our podcast. Again, if you find a place, please let us know because we want to be in all places so that you can get to the information, right? That's what's key because information is about nine-tenths of the battle here. And later on, you go, well, why didn't somebody tell me that, right? So we want you to be able to find the information whenever you need. If it's two o'clock in the morning in Jamaica and you're like, I'm up for whatever reason and I want to find out information about X, please visit our library. Uh, you can find our complete videos. We have an extensive library on YouTube. We're rebuilding our website right now. You can search for a lot of things on our website, which is autism-live.com. But very soon, like I think within the week, you're going to have a new website that you can search as well. Um, I, uh, but I love that we're all connecting here together because this really is what it's about. So I, lo I love our dear friend, uh, Lisa Ackerman from TACA, that's T-A-C-A, -A, which stands for the Autism Community in Action. And I'm going to tell you, that's another website you can go to get a lot of information. T-A-C-A -A now. So T-A-C-A-N-O-W.org or .com. I think other one gets you there. Lisa's favorite saying is when somebody tells you that your child has been diagnosed with autism, it's not game over, it's game on. And that if you uh, are willing to learn some amazing things, you will find that it, like you'll get the best parent training that you could ever receive in your life. And you will be on a journey with your child that will be very deeply rewarding. There will be challenging days. Nobody's telling you it's going to be super easy, but we're telling you there's a lot that you can do that's going to help you and going to help your son. Okay. Um, some of which we're, we're going to, we're going to dive right into here. So I do tell you guys at the start of the show that we have a lot of experts. We've got an amazing woman. One of my favorite people on the planet is going to be on the show in just a little while. Kamina Starr is going to be with us. She's got a new show that's all about self-care. Now I laugh because I can't help myself because isn't this like the last bastion for many of us? It's like, well, you know, 
we can figure out a lot of things, but taking care of ourselves while figuring it out, especially if you're a caregiver, man, it's hard. It's really, really hard. That doesn't mean it's not worthwhile. It's really worthwhile because if we don't take care of ourselves, how can we help anybody else, right? Uh, whether it's that you're helping someone that's an you know employee that you work with, or whether it's your kiddo, or you know your boyfriend, girlfriend, we we all want to be of service to ourselves and to others, but you can't do that unless you take care of yourself, right? Uh, we all know it. It's just hard to do it. So Kamina is going to be joining us in just a little while, and she's just a wealth of great information. But anyway, I started to say we have a lot of experts here on the show. Please don't mistake me for one of the experts. Let's be very clear about what my credentials are. I'm an ally. I am a, a mom, a very proud mom, as I said before, of a son who was diagnosed at two and a half. And at the time I was being told, you know, my, it was likely that my child would never speak. It was likely that my child would never have a job. It would, you know, I was basically being told to give up all expectation of what my dreams were for my child. And I have to say, I think that that's an important thing that we all let go of who we thought our child was going to be and meet who our child is. But that doesn't mean you let go of expectations for them blossoming and becoming the full person that they can be. My son is now a college student, fully verbal, uh, graduated in June from high school with honors and this is a little boy that we didn't think was ever going to be able to say his name, let alone write it. And he got accepted to a very prestigious screenwriting program, has been working and, uh, you know, is a happy, happy camper, all of which is super important. So um, I've walked that path. I'm not an expert. I have walked that path with my child where I've paced the floor in the middle of the night and thought, what's going to, like, I'm welling up thinking about it. You know, that thought when you go, what's going to become of us? How are we going to do this? Am I going to be enough? And can I do this? And the answer at two o'clock in the morning, many times for me was, I don't think I'm strong enough to do this. And I'm telling you, if I could breathe through it, if I can get through it, if I could find the way to get him the help that he needed, then I know for sure that you can, because I did not have my crap together right? You know what I'm saying? Um, and I kind of, I was like, I don't, I just don't think I'm up to this, but I discovered that a little bit at a time I could be, and that it was, a, I always say it's the greatest journey that I will ever go on with anyone. Um, and you know, we're at the other side of it now and I can look back at it and go, Whoa, you know? Um, but I, I want to, I want to just reiterate that I'm not an expert at all. So don't take what I say for expert. I'm not an autism expert, but what I am is someone who's in your corner and believes in you at whatever stage you are in this big circle of this autism community. I believe in you and your ability to do whatever it is that you need to do, whether you are the person on the spectrum or you're somebody who loves the person on the spectrum, there's a lot we can do, right? Um, so, uh, so I see Amanda is there with her blue hearts, which I always love to see your blue hearts, Amanda. That's like, I don't drink coffee. So that's like my morning coffee. Dark Angel is here. Wonderful. So thrilled that you're here. Loudmouth says that they're from Alabama. You're definitely from, do they say ignorant there or does my mother tell me wrong? Uh, and Loudmouth self says, uh, self-care isn't my strong suit. So even if I'm not autistic, I still struggle. I'm more of a care for other people. Same thing for me. I am not on the spectrum, um, but I love lots of people on the spectrum. One in particular, my son and self-care, not my strong suit. Um, 
I've, I've made a commitment recently that I'm, I, I'm somebody who perpetually has dry skin and I'm going to, I'm going to tackle it. I'm just going to moisturize myself into outer oblivion because I feel better when I moisturize. And I, and it seems like this like Mount Everest to me. And I have a friend who's like, really, that's your goal right now. (laughs) You're going to moisturize. Like you couldn't find another goal, Shannon. But for me, that is Mount Everest, right? So no judgments, uh, but you know, it's a big deal. Dark Angel says, does food sensitivity go away? Since it is a sensitivity, can I still give the foods that don't affect his system so much? Um, Yeah. You know, um, here's the thing that sometimes food sensitivity does go away, but it doesn't go away by giving it to the person. So I think we've talked a little bit before on the show about when you get um, an allergy test, there are several different kinds and don't quote me because I'm not an expert in these, but there's an IgA, an IgE, and an Ig something else. Um, and it used to be that we all had to go in and get, because I'm that old, we would have to go in and they would do this, this skin scratching thing where they would take and scratch your skin and put a little something on it and then see if it blew up. It was horrible. It was torture. Now they don't have to do that. Now they take one blood draw and you can, you should ask for a full, IgA, IgE, whatever the third one is, panel. And what that will show you is what you are allergic to or what your loved one is allergic to, what you're sensitive to, and what you're brewing a sensitivity to. And the reason why that's important is that if you see that someone, let's say that someone is brewing a peanut allergy, you want to make sure that you eliminate peanuts immediately because if peanuts tend to be something that can cause anaphylaxis where the person stops breathing. So if you're not yet allergic, you would catch it before you were allergic and eliminate from the, the diet. Now, if if someone doesn't have it for a period of time, it is possible that it can reverse. That has happened. But if you then go back to eating it a lot, you can have it again. So as a child, I was allergic to milk and I could not have milk. Just giving an example for me, couldn't have milk at all, couldn't have dairy products. Then I didn't have dairy products for like 10 years. And the doctor said, well, let's do a challenge. Let's, you know, uh, don't do anything else, but, you know, eat what you normally eat, but three times in one day, have a small portion of dairy to see if you have a reaction. I was fine. So I put dairy back into my diet, but I put a lot of dairy back into my diet for like 10 years. And then suddenly I get tested again and oopsie, somebody is uh, full on allergic to milk. And now I, you know, and I've done a couple of challenges now and it looks like maybe that's not going to happen for me in this lifetime. You know, you move on. Um, but it's, you, if, if there's any sensitivity that the person is having, you should not be giving it because you run the risk of them getting a full blown allergy And that's much more difficult. The reaction will be bigger. And sometimes, like with peanuts, it can be life-threatening. So you really want to be, if you've got the good information and know that they have a sensitivity, then don't don't give it to them, uh, I say at all. Now, sometimes, um, you know, you're someplace and you're like, well, you know, I have to feed my child. Um, but be very careful with that. Be very, 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 very careful with that. Especially if you've got a little one, I don't think I would, I will tell you that for me, for my allergies, that, um, it's like a cumulative thing that, um, 
it started out how I knew that I should go back and get tested was that in the middle of the summer or the winter, I could eat a dairy product and not have a reaction to it. But if it was spring or fall, I would eat the dairy product and I would break out into hives and I would go, "What? why is that? That doesn't make sense. How can I be more allergic to dairy in the spring and in the fall? Well, it wasn't that I was more allergic to dairy. It's that there were more challenges to my system because trees were blooming and grass was being cut and things and molds were out in spring and fall. So my body was having to handle all of that. And so I, my, during the summer and the winter, when I didn't have those additional challenges, my body could struggle through and carry out just enough so that I wasn't miserable, but it wasn't able to do it in the spring or the fall. So cumulative, um, be very careful with the food sensitivity thing. Um, but the best way to convert a food sensitivity is to eliminate it completely for a year or two and then do a challenge. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I digress slightly. Uh, Amanda says all or nothing these days. There's always alternatives plan ahead. I just got the day of cheesecake for my son yesterday because he couldn't eat my cheesecake factory birthday cake. And by the way, happy birthday. Um, yeah, there are a bunch of alternatives. The alternatives usually don't taste good when you're first starting out. You know, you kind of have to, like, I love the Daya cheesecake, but if you've just had Cheesecake Factory cheesecake and you put them side by side, you're going to go, this tastes different. Uh, so, so be aware of that. I will tell you that there are a couple of products that side by side, the, the gluten product wins. Just the the gluten-free product wins. Uh, Like breads from Anna. I just got my uh, case box of their banana bread and their pumpkin bread mix the other day. Best thing ever. Breads from Anna. They don't sponsor us. They should. I need to ask them to sponsor us. Because like best thing ever. I've been making this banana bread and pumpkin bread for more than a decade now, I used to make it for my son's behavior technicians um, and and have it, uh, and they did not know that it was gluten-free. I take it to parties. Nobody knows it's gluten-free. They go, this is the best pumpkin bread or this is the best banana bread. You know, so good. So, 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 so very good. Great for the holidays. I give it for gift things for the holidays. And people look at it and go, oh, it's gluten-free. It's not going to taste good. No, it's the best. The other thing that's the best is the, you'll see them now, if you go to any kind of Kroger or Ralph's, they have the organic chicken nuggets that are gluten-free. I believe it's Purdue. Best I, I have nieces that are fussy and they, they love to come to my house and they go, oh, can we have the chicken nuggets that you have? And they ask their mom all the time, can we have the chicken nuggets that Aunt Shannon has? Yeah, it is gluten-free. Better, 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 better than the other. Uh, yeah, if there wasn't gluten-free Oreos on top, he wouldn't have eaten it. Yes, the the day, uh, but eventually he'll get used to it and it'll taste like really good to him. He made a face. We don't do a lot of treats, but we try our best on special occasions. Try the breads from Anna. I, and like, let me know, tell me, uh, you know, if I'm, I'm lying to you. Cause I just, everyone loves it. It's a really good thing. I, this time for the first time I ordered, they have a black bean brownie mix that I haven't tried before, but I hear it is like the best thing ever. And the main, main ingredient is beans and chocolate. I know it sounds absolutely terrible, doesn't it? Sounds like something from a horror show, but I hear it is stupendous. So we're going to try it and I'll let you guys know in a couple of days. Okay, we got to get to our jargon here. Um, let's take a look though. But uh, every day we that we can, 
every day that we have time, we do the jargon of the day to give you one word, one phrase, one acronym to help you on your journey. Because, oh my goodness, it's so hard sometimes. People will say things and you go, I have no idea what you're talking about. So what we do here, we take it one word or phrase or acronym at a time. We give you the actual definition, which I love to make fun of. And then we give you a working definition. And usually I try to give you an example so that you begin to understand what it is. And I'm so excited because it's November and you know it, and it's mid-November. So you know what that means. I am immersed in toys right now immersed because a week from today, the toy guide comes out. It's very exciting to me. Every year we curate a list of toys that we at Autism Live have approved and that we think are super great for our kiddos. And we tell you why they're great. And we talk about all the different definitions of play. Now I play is one of my favorite things. I just, I love toys. I love playing with kids. And can I admit that it was really hard for me because my child played in a way that I didn't understand to begin with. So it was super hard for me. I was like, why can I play? You could give me any other child on the planet and I could sit down and play with them, but I couldn't find the way to connect in play with my son. So I think that's part of the reason why I have such a thing about the toys. Um, But I, and I also make fun of the fact that the the behavior behaviorists like categorize play and they put it into categories, which is one of the definitions that we have today. Um, but it actually helps when you're not connecting with your child to understand the different divisions of play, to understand what you need to do to get at the what you want. So here we go. We start this off. This is like the beginning of everything. And then uh, we're going to get into the Festival of Toys next week. Uh, but here it is. Functional pretend play. All right. What are we talking about here? Let's go and look at our actual definition. Functional pretend play is using lifelike objects in a purely functional, don't you love it when they use the same word twice, a purely functional, socially conventional way to imitate or act out common action sequences. Yes. Don't they know how to make fun as dry as a stick in Texas? (laughs) Doesn't this sound like a good time? Uh, You know, using lifelike objects in a purely functional, socially conventional way. Yes, that's what every kindergartner talks about when they want to play something. All right, let's go on to our working definition to see why this is actually fun. Functional pretend play is playing with toys that are lifelike in a lifelike way. So this might be something that you're still like, oh, I have no idea. Remember when we used to have big toy stores? Uh, you know, now we have little mop, mom and pop stores, which are great. But remember when they used to have the big toy stores and there were aisles that you would go to that had all of one kind of toy? Well, the functional pretend play before I had a child was the the, the aisle that confounded me. I was like, this is like the torture uh, <laughs> aisle uh, because they would have like mini cash registers and they would have uh, play vacuum cleaners and the play stoves. And I would think, why are we like teaching kids this kind of stuff? This is the boring stuff. They would have all the play food in that aisle. I hated that aisle before I had kids. Then I had a child and I, I think before that, when I had nieces and nephews, I sort of keyed into um, what, what 
functional pretend play is. It's the ability to pretend with a lifelike object. Because later on, we're going to get to pretending and creativity without the lifelike object. But there is this concrete period of time in kids' development where they need to copy what you're doing in real life, but in a play form so that, you know, I think all too often people hand their kids now a cell phone instead of giving them the pretend cell phone that has the buttons that go and quack quack and things like that. And that's kind of missing the boat. There is a, a stage of development where we want them to be mimicking what we do and we don't want them to have all the negative ramifications. Like we want them to play on a pretend stove. We want them to be doing the same things that we're doing, but we don't want them to burn themselves. So we're not going to do it on the real stove. This is a really important stage of development. And often it just gets bypassed with technology now. So I miss the big toy stores. And I really want to say to all of the autism parents out there, if you've got a kiddo that's on the spectrum, don't forget about this classification of toys. It's super important. So many of you write in and say, I can't get my kid to eat healthy foods or, um, you know, my child's diet is, you know, we just saw all the studies that came out on Friday about how um, part of the gut issue is the limited diet, right? That everybody's going, this is, this is a part of it. If the kids were eating a bigger range of foods, maybe we would have less gut issues. I, I think there's more to it, but, but I think that's certainly a part of it. Well, functional pretend play helps to connect kids. When you're playing on an iPad, you know, you're not having to like pretend to eat a banana. And this is an important part of development. So even though you can't really go down one of these aisles, you can shop these things all over the internet and those mom and pop stores. And in our toy guide, which is coming out a week from today, I've given you a lot of really affordable choices. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to give something away here. Two of our, that I can think of right off the bat that are really fabulous uh, functional pretend play winners this year are from the same company. It's called Pop O O H Ver. So Pop Over, but with an O H. And you can buy them from Amazon. You can buy them in almost any toy store. But one of the things that they have, you can go buy the very plastic pretend play food. You can do that. That's not a problem. Um, and then play pretend food with your kids, right? But popover, oh my gosh, you guys, they make this fabric, um, beautiful, um, not that expensive at all. Um, they're fruits and vegetables and different foods. I'll tell you what, we got them a couple of years ago and set up a thing before COVID and let everyone who came in played with them. They're, um, they're not stuffed with like polyfoam. They're stuffed with sand. So they have weight to them and weight is important. Weight is a sensory component. And it feels good. And so like kids were picking up the carrot and then, you know, what happens you, so the kids pick up the carrot and you pick up the carrot and you go nom, 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 and you pretend to eat the carrot don't discount the connection that that makes with the child. This is all part of joint attention and children learn about things through play and through watching us do things and mimicking. And we want that imitation. That's going to help us with learning down the road. So 
love the popover play food, but I'll tell you, I, I, I don't want to say love more because it's like Sophie's choice, but the other thing that popover that we included this year is that they have, instead of buying the big expensive play kitchen, which you have no room for, and then what do you do when they outgrow it, right? It becomes this albatross around your neck. Don't get me wrong. The big play kitchens are fabulous, but if you can't afford it and you don't have a place for it, you know, and then when you're trying to clean up the house to make it look nice to have people over and there's the play kitchen in the middle of the living room and there's not much you can do with it. Right. So popover makes this amazing thing and they come in all different styles, but there is a, a, the one we're featuring this year is the play kitchen. It's fabric and it goes over the back of it, it's a, a chair cover. So it goes over a, a dining room chair and it's got the stove right at the height where the kids want to play. And when you're done, you pull it off the chair and you fold it up for the next time that you play. You're welcome. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? So good. Now think about this. If we want to connect children, because when they're 15, we want them to be able to make their first grilled cheese, right? How do we start that? Do we start teaching that at 15 and go, okay, this is the stove and the stove is hot and this is the pan and this is the spatula? No, we start it with functional pretend play. So uh, we, we do the popover stove and we let them play with their siblings, but we go and play with them too. And we have the pretend bread and we put the cheese on it. And we say, okay, we're going to make the grilled cheese. And when you're doing this with a four-year-old, it prepares the 15-year-old for life. So super love functional pretend play, but it's everything. It's everything from the pretend cash register. It's, you know, the pretend... Um, vacuum cleaner, anything that you do, the pretend cell phone, think about all the things that you do within a day and what you would like for your child to, to be mimicking you and learning from the pretend cars. Um, it's all of those things. Um, Oh, uh, somebody says, hi, Shannon, you're amazing. I was able to attend the Taka conference because of you. You made my day. That's wonderful. And there have been, somebody sent me a message saying that they didn't get the code. Can you resend if you didn't, if you won and you didn't get the code, I have the list so I can double check. Um, but if you didn't get the code, the code is still good until January, uh, the night before January one, uh, December. So if you didn't get the code and you were owed the code, can you please let me know? So I make sure you get it. Kelly says, what do you get a 16 year old for Christmas that has autism? We have an entire section. So the toy guide, which comes the, the last year's toy guide is up right now. If you go to our website, autism live.com at the very top, there's the toy guide. And you can see last year's, which is still good, still valid, still wonderful, right? And it's sections. So it's babies and toddlers, then it's preschool, then it's school age, then it's tweens and teens, then it's adults, and then there is a section for caregivers. Um, and within each one of those sections from last year, there's 15 categories. Like what's the best motor play toy? What's the best toy that builds speech? What's the best, you know, on and on. What's the best parent recommended? What's the therapist recommended? So there's all those categories. This year we added a category and it was what's the best uh, um, uh, empowering employment. That's what I want to say. Empowering employment. Uh, so the new one comes out on next Monday, but the old one is still up and you can go and look. But I would look for a 16 year old. I will look at all this. I would look at all of it. 
Um, because there's some stuff that's for preschool that might be appealing to your 16-year-old, but especially focus on the tween and teen and the adult. Um because there'll be different things in there. Alicia says, OMG, I can't wait to see all the toys, the kitchen, um, but, but saving the room. Isn't that, isn't that the key? Isn't that the key? Uh, at the Taka conference, is there any info available for learning how to further help autistic adults? There is. There was a whole track that was just for adults, uh, which was amazing. All right. I got to move on to my question of the day now that we've done jargon because we've got a great guest. We don't want to keep her waiting. Uh, question of the day was, what was your favorite toy when you were a child? So we hope that you guys will write in and tell us, like, what was your favorite thing? Can I tell you very quickly? My favorite thing was I got it on my 10th birthday. My father had to go on a business trip to California, brought this toy back. And I was like, I want to move to California. That's how good the toy was. And I did, and I do live in California now. It was called the Imagination Dollhouse. And it was a dollhouse that you could, it was very like 70s modern, but you could take it apart and put it together in different ways. So if you loved dollhouse, but wanted to kind of architect it and be in control, doesn't sound like me, right? (laughs) And it was the best thing ever. Uh, and meant the world to me, right? So what was your favorite toy when you were a child? And let's give, let's give toys to children this year that are their favorite toy for all time. Uh, that's my favorite thing. By the way, we are going to be starting to demo a bunch of the toys, um, here on the program and we get donations from toy companies. Once we pick the winners, it's not dependent on them giving us donations. Um, We pick the winners, then we notify them. They send us some toys to demo. They also, a lot of them send us toys to be featured in our event. Every year we do a Sensitive Santa. This year it is at the Ed Asner Family Center. I believe the date is December 19th. If you're in the Los Angeles area, we're going to be giving away a bunch of toys and they're good quality toys. So all from the toy makers that are featured in the toy guide, not necessarily the same toys, but from the same toy makers. So amazing. So our topic this week, can you tell, uh, we're, we're getting ready. Uh, so this is the preview of starting our festival of toys. So starting next week, pretty much every day we will feature either one toy or a division of toys that we think are amazing to be used to build skills and increase learning and uh, self-regulation and quality of life because we all need to have things that are reinforcing in our lives and toys should be reinforcing. And I'm a big fan of, if you're going to spend the money on the toy, it should be something that lights your kiddo up and helps them. Not just helps them, but lights them up and helps them. Okay. Uh, Amanda says, love the toy guide. I've always gotten stuff from it in the past years. Girls had a ball with the Glow Pals light up bath toys. Don't you love those? I absolutely love those. I've got a couple of those laying around. We should have a raffle to give some of those away. I've got, sometimes I have just a, a toy here or whatever from different things. But Kamina's been waiting forever. I gotta get to Kamina, you guys. Uh, so, uh, I said at the start of the show, one of my favorite people on the planet, Kamina Starr is joining us right now. She has so many credits and credentials. I'm so excited to talk to her and have her talk about some of them, but she's got a big book that's coming out in just a couple of months and, uh, she's somebody I look up to. So Kamina, welcome back to Autism Live. 
Thank you for having me back. I love this show. You look gorgeous, by the way. You Thank look absolutely you. stunning. Purple, is that purple? It looks kind of purpley blue. It's a beautiful it's color. Blue. You know it's blue. <laughs> it's, it looks kind of purpley on my screen, like purpley blue. Um, but it's absolutely beautiful, like you. Uh, and I'm so excited to have you here. But we got, and I've wasted so much of our time because uh, I got sidetracked. Not wasted, but you know what I mean. So, Kamina, let's talk really uh, quickly about a bunch of things we got to cover. You got a book that's coming out in 2022. Tell us everything we need to know so we can pre order. It is so great to be here once again because don't feel like you wasted any time because I can tie this right in by telling you all that self-care for the caregiver is super important and that's my niche. My name is Kamina Starr and I have a 19-year-old daughter on the spectrum with ASD and ADHD and I also have a twin sister whose son has autism who's 11 years old and a plethora of other family and friends whom I love and support. So on April 2nd, we all know that day, World Autism Day, I'm going to be releasing a book, which is a Hay House Bible Press release. Um, and it's called Black and Blue, The Inside Job to Healing and Autism Through Self-Care. Wow. The reason this book, uh, The Inside Job to Healing Through Self-Care is because in my, it's my mantra that self-care for the caregiver comes before any uh, proper care for others. And the reason why I say that is a lot of people say this. I think they, they, they use the phrase a lot of times that you can't pour from an, an empty cup. Well, I mean, if the cup is completely empty, then you got, and you got nothing, then, you know, what, you know, that's, and that's where I was in my life. So I want to celebrate everything and all of the uh, momentous, momentous occasions to getting my daughter over the, the hill. So 19 in this book and also give tips and tricks and real life daily methods that other families can use to start their self-care and practice consistency. I don't know if everybody realizes who who's watching, but um, Hay House is the it's the top. Like if you if you have I'm serious like, I want to be you when I grow up, Kamina. To have a book published from Hay House is the highest compliment you can ever get in anything that has to do with self-care improvement because it's Louise Hay who was, who I, I you know, like, honestly, I would pass out if I ever got to meet Louise Hay. Um, so I think it's a very telling uh, feature of your book that it's coming out from, from Hay House. It says everything that you need to know that this is a book you've got to have. I also love, Kamina, that we hear a lot from moms um, who have sons. And we have not, over the years, historically heard a lot from moms who have daughters. So right. to hear you talking about this very... the you know, this very important topic about self-care, which I don't know if you saw at the beginning, I said, look, like, like, I think a lot of us have a problem with it. It seems like <laughs> I laughed. I was like, self, self-care, like, oh yeah, that's somewhere, some country I want to visit sometime. Right. Uh, right? But um, I think it's the important topic and, and that it's being talked about from a mom of a daughter, I think just adds to it. So I love, love this and I love, love you. So 
October, or excuse me, October, April 2nd, World Autism Awareness Day. Um, it's that that's coming out from Hay House. When do we get to pre-order it? You can start to pre-order probably the month before. I don't want to okay. quote, quote the dates and everything, but March 2nd, 2022, be looking for that. Um, and then in April, we'd be able to have it full out. And it's a yes. funny thing that you should say this. Now, Louise Hay has passed away. And I did oh, have I a chance to go to her office. I had a chance to go to her office after that point and go into that office. And uh, I want to share with you that she was an artist. She oh. painted. Oh, my gosh. She had lots of paintings and, and, and everything. And I also want to share with you that here's a little story that ties into that. Reed Tracy, who is over the Hay House Company, when I first came to him about three years ago and I presented him with this book, do you know what he told me? What did he tell you? He said I needed to use the tips in my own book. Oh, oh wow. So you want to be with Hay House. <laughs> it's tough. Um, all okay. right. They don't play. So their whole and the whole point of this exercise was to care for yourself before you care for others. And even I had to use the tips in that book to be able to share with you all today. And I also wanted to share that because Louise Hay was a painter and all of the art, you know, this is another way. I just wanted to give that as one example of self-care. Now look at everything that she's done for this world by creating mm -hmm. a, a thing, but she still found the time to do what she loved, which was paint in addition to give back and everything. And I think that's just one example of one good way that, that people don't even think that that's self-care, but it is, it is. I didn't so know that. Yeah. I didn't know that Louise had passed. And I turned for just a second because I have very few books on my bookshelf behind me. And I thought that I was going to be able to pull out a Louise Hay book, but it's by my bedside. That's why it's not there. Um, yeah, that's true. how that's Louise Hay. I didn't realize she'd pass. I'll meet her on the other side, hopefully on the other side. That's right. So, uh, but Kamina, you not only have the book that's coming out, you talk to us about your show and how we can tune in what's happening with your show. Do I get to, do I, I get to make this major announcement that I'm very, very happy about. Okay. I, All right. I, okay. I started a, a show called healing self-care. You can look at up on YouTube right now, there's some old episodes, and I started out at the wonderful Edison Family Center, but have found a new home for this show. Do I get to say it, Shannon? I, 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 I if it's what I think, you got to pause for just a second. I got to pause, but, okay. But let me, but let me say that we are. If you're talking about us, we've been talking to Kamina about her joining us here for a little bit. Is that what you're talking about? I am. I'm talking okay. about. That in addition to all of my illustrious panels of where you can find, and you can just search Kamina Star and it'll pop up in any keyword search, you'll see the episodes that I already have. I am continuing the show because this book was not enough. I got the 12 chapters and then we had to shut down the world from, we went from autism being a, a epidemic to a worldwide pandemic. And I had to write a chapter on that. And I get excited when I talk about the end as well, when I included a chapter on Black Lives Matter, since I happens to be a black lady with a black child, with a black daughter. So I'm very super excited about that. And I am continuing my show, Healing Self-Care, to give weekly tips to inspire parents to really take better care of themselves. That way they can start small and build up to larger steps. 
Well, and let me for our for our part say that we are we are trying to create a place where there is a home for Kamina here. We very much want her to be here. Um, so, but but please write in and say if that's something that you know because then that helps me to create the home for her. Uh, tell us if that's a show that you'd be watching because we think that you you definitely need it, but let us know if that's something that you really love. And we're trying to create the reality in which Kamina can be here and join us. Um, <laughs> but in the meantime, there's, there are episodes they can be watching on YouTube. Correct, Kamina? Yes. And there'll be continuous episodes coming at around January 1st. So as you can see, January 1st, 2022 is the, the year that I reclaim the healing for this community and the autism community at large. I'm taking care of a lot of things behind the scenes right now to be able to present to you in January, all the way through April, something about autism. You know how last year we kind of got missed and there was kind of like, oh, we didn't, you know, we weren't yeah. thought about as much because there was a lot of things going on, even to where they were lighting up blue lights over here in, in Burbank that wasn't for autism. So oh, on really? April 2nd, <laughs> I want to reclaim that and, and make sure that we light it up blue again and make sure that we build up uh, self-care for ourselves and our communities right. and those who are aging to become adults. Because now you and I, Shannon, we have young adult children. So yes. it's all about, I mean, I'm closing it out strong with the, 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 the young years and hitting it live and in person in the community for our adults. I love that about you. Now, you mentioned that Louise Hay was an artist, which I did not know. Art. You also are an artist that people may not know. Um, I, that, I, but, I, but it almost is like it makes perfect sense because, you know, you have this energy about you. You are also uh, a stellar singer having performed all around the world. Talk to us a little bit about uh, Kamina Starr, the musician, the singer, the performer. So... Kamina Starr as a performer is the part of myself that I reclaimed from the part that I gave up to raise my daughter. And I don't know who that makes sense to, but I'm talking to somebody when I say I gave up a lot of years on my, my own dream and myself because autism had me. It, it, we, we were losing. <laughs> I had to re-educate myself and, and, and pump myself along the way to know that I could have uh all of these energies live in the same place. And so I spent the greater part of 20, 10 years of my daughter's life, young life, recording songs that no one heard. Mm. Because, <laughs> because I was afraid to use my voice and scared. So now that we are in, we have passed this pandemic life. I am so determined to heal and to show others how to heal that I'm reclaiming Though my music for myself and releasing three songs along with my book this year, it was not enough. The show was not enough. It's like, you know what, if I'm going to do it, you know, it's like, I, I if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it all and put all of me out there. I'm going to be as weird and as challenging and as healing and as crazy and as whatever. And, and I'm just going to put that all out there and try to inspire some other moms, dads, caregivers, parents, siblings to really just rise up and reclaim their healing as well. I, I, I love that. And of course that sings to me as well. I think a lot of people can relate to this. I just was saying to somebody the other day, uh, you know, who is a parent of neurotypical children and they were saying, I've had to put my career 
my my thing that I'm driven for on hold because I need to be a dad to these kids. And I said to them, I said, I understand this completely, that on, on the day when we realized, okay, our son needed a lot of help and support, I said, I'm going to take my professional life and I'm going to put it right over here. It's going to sit on this shelf and I'm going to put all the energy that I had for that into this. I don't regret that. I don't regret it. I kept some things going so that I stayed sane and I, you know, took notes and remembered things and said, I will use this somehow how I journaled so that I would remember, but I focused on helping our son. And then years later, I realized my son didn't really know me, that he hadn't met that part of myself. So I reclaimed that, as you say, and I started doing my one woman show, The Autism Monologues, which my son got to come to. Which was awesome. Well, <laughs> and it was a watershed moment for us where I feel like for the, because my son said to me one time, we were on a plane and he said, mom, you're not funny. You need to stop trying to be funny. You're not funny. And I was like, oh, mister. Wow. wow. <laughs> I was like, I, I'm the funny, I'm the funniest person you've ever met. And he was like, but you're not. And, and for a year it was like, I have to be myself. Yes. And, and reclaim, you know, cause I used to do stand up. I was like, I have to reclaim that part of myself. So my child knows me, not just as the caregiver. So I urge to do that. You should oh. re- Ooh. congratulate yourself and that's part of self-care right there you congratulate yourself for taking the courage to having the courage to actually do that because some of us swallow that and then we swallow it whole and then even spiritually it bubbles up and we gain weight we we pack it on because all of that is things that we we haven't shedded we haven't healed we haven't shed we haven't healed from and all of those things are a part of your your meaning shannon's and Kamina's self-care before you get to that child. Yeah. You see how it, that was a trigger for you. You're like, what do you mean I'm not funny? I spent all the year. What do you mean? Yeah. That yeah. part right there is because you had ignored that part of yourself. Yeah. That's what I did. That's why I made the book. Yeah. And and this is exactly what I'm in, um, encouraging parents and other family members to do so that they don't swallow that. You know what I'm saying? I and do. They, that out. In fact, I, what, what really made us cross over was that I had a, a fibroid. I, I had a fibroid tumor and, and I had to be taken out. And, and when I told a girlfriend about it and I said, oh, you know, I've got this fibroid. I don't, you know, I don't know why some, you know, they say just sometimes your uterus, you know, and she said, oh no, honey, that is unclaimed creativity. Unclaimed um, creativity. And she said, and you better... biggest, I think the biggest tip of self-care right now is where was your creativity? Go back to the toy conversation that Shannon was just having and play with some of those toys yourself. Remember where your creativity is. Nurture your inner child. Toys couldn't be a better time for a festival yeah. of toys because I know I'll be finding myself as a Rubik's Cube or something <laughs> to do with my hands so that I'm not picking my face. You know what I mean? Anxiety yes. Be like... Oh my God, I'm worried about everything. Chip, 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 and a Rubik's cube. You, you oh, know what? I've I'm got doing? a bet. I've got the I've got the new Rubik's cube for you this year. And uh, I'm gonna get that. <laughs> okay, can I tell you? I'm giving all away all the secrets. This year, it's something called Shishibu. If you look it up, you're gonna lose your mind. It is the new Rubik's cube. It's better than Rubik's cube. Shishibo, and all of our kids are gonna love it. Well, I, you know, they have that Netflix special too with, I, I mean, honestly, we can go yes. on and on about how I've always just adored 
adults with autism as well. I see them as people. I see them as smart people. I see them as people that I learn from. And and I it's it's never a sway of topic because I represent them just as well. And I I, I got hooked on this YouTube this Netflix thing. It was it was crazy. So anyway, about the kid with the Rubik's cube, right? Yes, yes, yes. No, I love that. All right, we're uh, we're running out of time because uh, we yeah. got so much to talk about. I, we we have to talk a little bit about the the study that you are a pivotal part of right now, um, and I'm so grateful that you included me in it. Um, but talk to us about the USC Trust study because I'm so impressed with you. I want to break it down in layman's terms. I see that you have gotten some. I love that you do this jargon of the day. Ooh, yeah. I want to yeah. hug you. <laughs> All right. Uh, for that. Um, and uh, so the trust study that I'm uh, taking a part in is USC. And it, what it boils down to is we are going to begin together for a portion of about two years to just develop what we think is the proper way that we can talk to researchers and families and other people to educate them on how to uh, properly take place in research first, but then also tell them about how we feel, what the autistic voice is about, underrepresented communities. Um, and we're talking about rural communities, uh, regardless of color, if they're underserved, we are getting to the heart of the matters of how can those people be served by the research community and how they can help with specifically sensory issues. Yeah, I, I, I found this really interesting and I've, I've had the, the, great fortune to participate a little bit over the last couple of months and the conversations, um, just listen, getting together and there, there are different stakeholders. So I'm part of one that's just for caregivers, parents and caregivers. Yeah, but there I are other say I'm the co-lead of the family and caregiver stakeholder group, <laughs> which the, Shannon and I are a part of. Well, but you, and you're, you're amazing because you're an amazing leader and you, you get the conversation going and you, you just, it's, I'm so impressed with you and the work that you're doing, but we should make sure that everybody knows that there are different groups of stakeholders. So there are stakeholders that are just people who are on the spectrum. And then there are stakeholders that are just caregivers. And then there are, and then there are research professionals and people working in the field. It's, it's being done really well. Thank you for backing me up on that. The whole purpose of this is to take those three stakeholder groups. There's actually four because there's a community stakeholder group as well. So what we do is we get real representatives from those four stakeholder groups, families, researchers, caregivers, and people on the spectrum who prefer to be called autistics in their own right, get together at the table and talk about what research uh they would like to see done, what affects them as far as sensory issues and sensory issues like that might boil down to everyday subjects like food sensitivities or like community issues like taking the bus or anything. So we're trying to make that be real towards uh, uh, the end goals of being adults and everything. And that's just my part. And that's Shane and I's part for the family and caregivers. But it's I'm so glad that you, you, you're backing me up here because it's so many I'm subjects. I'm I lose myself sometimes. It's, but it's incredible. I think it's what we've all been asking for for a long time is that if researchers talk to the community and said, what is it you want and need? And that one person's story is not every person's story. Um, and we've learned that in, in our group that, you know, some caregivers want one. Thing for and us, some, but without yeah. us. 
Well, uh, yes. And that's the other part of it is that knowing that you have a group of stakeholders that are, you know, self-advocates that are able to communicate their their wants, wishes, and needs in terms of research, I think it's really important. Because I find that it it tends to be, you know, it's funny, we talked about before, all or nothing, that sometimes they will just go and they will just ask self-advocates. I think that that's valid. I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. But sometimes the the voice of a 19-year-old or a 29-year-old or a 39-year-old on the spectrum is going to address something in a particular way that doesn't address the needs of a three-year-old, right? And so, um, you know, a lot of us always used to say, um, I am my child's voice until my child has a voice of their own. And by that, we meant not just vocal voice, but an ability to communicate their needs. Um, so I love that you guys are including one group that's just the caregivers, another group that are individuals on the spectrum, and then the third group. Well, the four groups all together. I think they're, it's all those voices all together to be served and properly. And that's really what we want to do at the end of the day for kids who are going to grow up. We want to think past. We want to be that outer ring parent, that outer ring group of people who want to think past just what we're seeing today on 236, on 245, and and start to try to develop something for them. Because as we all know, I mean, I don't want to say there's nothing because I don't know what all there is, but I can say that there's not a lot. So at the end of the day, we want to make sure that, well, at least my own thing is I'm trying to make sure that these last 20 years really counts for those who don't have to go through what I went through. I don't want them to ever go through that. I want to give them the information and I want to share the stories. That's what my book, my show, my songs, and this study is all about sharing my stories and my family stories, the people that I support to give that same knowledge through those stories to other parents who may be able to use them to, to live a better quality of life. Absolutely. And you've been widely acknowledged for years as being a, a true expert and a voice in the community talking about transitioning from, you know, being a tween, you know, through the teen years up into adulthood and you've been living it. You've been not only sharing it, but you've been living it. And I think you're a great example. We want to talk with you more about that, but we're basically out of time here, but that means you just have to come back. Uh, So there we go. Um, But want to encourage people, if people want to know more about you, Kamina, where do we direct them to go? For right now, they certainly can check out your shows on YouTube. YouTube. There's there is a list. You can do a keyword search for Kamina Star, YouTube, um, Instagram, any of those places are really popular right now. Until my launch in January, where you'll be ha- able to have more direct links. So Ooh. I want to make sure that you can just do a keyword search and you can get to me in whatever platform that you're actually on. What basically on the one I love on it. I love that one of our viewers wrote in um, because they they said at the start of the show, Kamina, that they have a friend who's on the spectrum that they work with and they had to kind of intervene earlier. And they said, and talk about sensory issues, because this is really what this group is, the, the study is talking about is how do we do research on sensory? What are the questions that we want answered? What would be helpful to us? So their friend said at work the other day, my feet are trapped in my shoes. And they had, and they said, I had to go back and explain this. Our managers were confused. So I told them she needs to feel the floor and the vibrations because she's understimulated. 
But this is the kind of conversation, this is the level of conversation that we all need to get to. Um, I, I always think about Stephen Shore, Dr. Stephen Shore, who is the person who said, when you've met one person with autism, you've met one person with autism. And Dr. Shore is a professor who teaches at Adelphi University. And he's been teaching there, he's got to be, you know, teaching there for at least 20 years. So, you know, think back, because we're still trying to get here. But he went in and said, I want to teach, I'm highly qualified, I want to teach, but um, fluorescent lights make my eyes go buggy. So I need to come in and wear a baseball hat. And if I can wear a baseball hat, I can teach the pants off of this. He's an award-winning professor. And Adelphi understood and said, wear the baseball hat. 20 years ago, I, I was a college professor and I can tell you, they weren't allowing you to wear baseball hats. They were like, that's not appropriate. That's not whatever. Some rigid rule. Mm. Just like probably at this place, they're telling somebody you have to leave your shoes on. But having somebody who can translate a pretty about a sensory issue, kind of an amazing thing. It takes a village. Takes a village and we are a part of it. That's right. And proud members of it. Proud. So Kamina is awesome. I hope that I'm going to be able, I, I just got to finish, you know, dotting some T's here. I hope that I'm going to be able to make a place home here that will make Kamina happy. Uh, working on that. We'll be here for you no matter what you ever, 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 ever yeah. do. I love you. Oh, well, yeah. I love you back. Um, I think that you're amazing. You have no idea what the nice things I say about you behind your back. Uh, Thank, <laughs> I you. Do. Thank, I you. Do. Thank you. I uh, do. So there we go. But anyway, uh, please check out Kamina's stuff. And uh, I know many of you had written in and said you definitely would love to see her show here. So we're going to see what oh, we can't make you. what we can't make happen. Uh, but uh, that's all the time we have for today. In fact, we've already gone over a minute. I want to say that tomorrow we're it's tomorrow is Temple Grand and Tuesday. We're airing one of our best of episodes with Temple Grand, and you're not going to want to miss it. We're back live with Dr. Grampy Shea on Wednesday. So we're sending in your questions for her. Uh, but definitely check out Kamina's show. Look at all of her social media stuff. Hear her sing. The woman is an angel. Uh, so we, and hopefully you'll get to see more of her. But uh, we'll be back tomorrow with Temple Grand and Tuesday. Until then, give your kiddos a hug from me and one for you too. Thank you, Kamina. And bye-bye for now. Thank you. Bye-bye. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.